From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's Going to the Cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. You know how it is. Every time these Marvel movies come out, it's like the discourse has started again. And so here I am contributing to a discourse that is becoming more and more complicated over the years and i think that we're kind of forgetting where we started but also i think that we need to you know push forward and hopefully get better too because these movies are starting to be all over the place in terms of quality and none of them are necessarily the worst film but i i don't want another eternals because eternals is boring as hell and nobody wants to see that so welcome back to flicks and picks and again another marvel edition because the marvel cinematic universe continues to provide us with a lot of let's just say mixed fare to sometimes even pleasantly surprised fare it's always a mixed bag with these marvel movies except black panther because black panther wakanda forever was great that was a great great movie and i really loved it even though of course like all things it's gonna have its weaknesses so ant-man and the wasp quantumania is the latest film in the marvel cinematic universe it's the third film in the sub franchise of the ant-man films it's the i was gonna say late the second installment to feature kang or at least the first cinematic introduction of kang into the franchise and kang is destined to be the main villain of the marvel cinematic universe at least for the multiverse saga which is phases four five and six basically he's your thanos but i don't really want to say he's your thanos because kang is a whole lot of scary in the comics on his own and than and he could give thanos a run for his money in the comics to be real with you but it's also one of those things where it depends on which comic you're reading kang dynasty was a great comic and they're adapting that so i'm just telling you all this because you know jonathan majors is really the reason to go see this movie Jonathan Majors is really giving his all. He's giving some, like, Oscar caliber, like, you know, he's really in this movie, like, showing that he's giving it his A game. This man is, like, putting everything into this performance. You can tell how enthusiastic he is. You can tell how much he throws in there. And the script is giving him something, but he's doing something with this script. Even the monologues are just like, okay, you know, they're a little excessive to to a point but he does it in a way where it's like i know this script isn't saying anything that isn't really saying much right now but your monologuing his performance is what's saving this film so i'm gonna be honest with you and say that jonathan majors is really giving his a game and he is so excited to be a villain and i am happy for him and i hope that his career is 
going upwards and it is going upwards but i hope that it stays going upwards because i'm excited for that film creed 3 that he's coming out in but i'm also excited for the film he's making magazine dreams which i'm rooting for i'm rooting for i really am because it looks like a good movie check out uh, look that movie up it looks actually really good and jonathan majors is definitely someone you should keep an eye out for especially considering that he's been good he's been a very established actor like he's starting to really come out of his shell and more mainstream stuff right now but he's been here and he's always been very charismatic very likable and i think that he is one of the most charismatic actors we have right now and he's just brilliant he did lovecraft country and i was gonna say that if you haven't seen that show that show is excellent go check it out he was also in last man in san francisco last black man in san francisco my bad the last black man in san francisco go check that out the heart of the fall devotion you know he's starting to grow a respectable career like these movies are actually pretty good and now that he's starting to do more mainstream stuff you can see how talented he is especially considering that he proves that talent can save a script his script for king for the most part is you know subpar to it can actually be pretty good sometimes but he's makes it consistently good you know what i mean and so i'm very excited to see where his king goes in terms of the entire mcu and i'm intrigued i'm intrigued because of jonathan major so if you are asking me why you gave this movie like three stars out of four it's because of jonathan majors performance along and his chemistry with like paul rudd and i think he has great chemistry with michelle pfeiffer in this film so what is ant-man and the wasp quantumania about basically the laying and the the family the ant-man family basically are transported to the quantum realm and they face off against Kane the Conqueror. They also have to like help this like quantum rebellion that's fighting against Kang. And also you have this subplot about Cassie coming into her own because we got introduced to Young Avengers now, which, you know, honestly, I have some issues with that. I kind of feel like I still don't know much about these characters, like the Ant-Man characters, like Ant-Man, the Wasp, all these characters. Like I'm still feel like there's still things to explore here. And I feel like the, the cinematic universe is using these characters to push along other storylines rather than like developing them in their own stories. It's no coincidence that the best usage of your Ant-Man and your Wasp was in Avengers Endgame where they had, well, one of them specifically had a very important role in the film versus the other one who showed up at the end for a cameo. It's really, it's really a shame because these two characters are like, classic marvel characters that were there from the very beginning of the avengers comics in fact most people forget that like they were prominent members especially the wasp because like i know that this movie is called like ant-man and the wasp but it, you can might as well call it ant-man you know it's let's not beat around the bush evangeline lily is for the most part actually a very good actress she's always been able to really just be a great actress but the fact is that i you know didn't really connect with her wasp all that well because i, I felt like 
she just isn't as i don't know how to put it this way she just isn't given the opportunity to really play up this character and it's just so like disappointing especially considering that she is a member of the avengers from the very beginning and she's in in a lot of ways like she she's the one who proposed forming a team of superheroes she's essentially the first leader of the avengers she's the one that's like always in the thick of the battles she's like very brave and she is like a founding member and in fact she's the person who essentially came up with the idea and so this is like the film that i think comes closer to that ideal with her but it seems like again like they keep on giving this character nothing and it's so disappointing because again she is such an important character in the marvel comics and she deserves her respect you know she deserves her respect as a character and unfortunately i feel like you know this it tells you a lot about the mcu when they have a character that and it's a woman like i always notice when they're women they write their women off a little a little off sometimes it's like okay well like you can do the writing better here or like that's not a good way of ending her storyline like they give the men these very powerful storylines their powerful endings you know their arcs like you know i i think that it's they're becoming it it shows that in the very beginning of marvel's history making these mcu movies that it's still a problem like the fact is the beginning of the mcu like in phase one and phase two they refused to do movies with women as the lead in fact it wasn't until phase three that they brought in captain marvel and then they made a black widow movie but it was already too late the fact is the wasp as a character could have had her own movie too like ant-man and the wasp have always been a rather collaborative team they're almost like the wonder team the wonder twins except they're actually individuals so you can have the wasp in her own movie as opposed to like you know being like second fiddle to ant-man this is disappointing because like ant-man's a great character paul rudd's great and i think that him and evangeline lily mostly have chemistry but it feels like you could almost replace Evangeline Lilly with another actress to play the Wasp and you'll be fine. It's a case of like, again, this franchise keeps missing the mark when it comes to this character. And I know it's a thing of like, okay, you're a comic book fan. How, why should I care? Because again, you're not caring about this character. Comic book fans know how important this character is but the audience doesn't do it and it's not their fault the audience doesn't know because the writers aren't doing it it's not translating it's a translation issue so beyond that i'm just gonna say that again this is a, a case of this film just having a it just is so imbalanced you know let's be honest like this film continues the trend of like you know trying to up the stakes and trying to deal with actual like trauma be, uh, beyond the blip like the actual trauma of ant-man like scott lang missing his daughter's youth and like the things that should affect her but it's taken as a joke it's not taken seriously in fact it's like okay well well we can't be traumatized because the children have to come and see this movie and it's funny because i went to a screening with children and they're fine and and they were laughing and started making jokes at the film it's like you know children would value your film if you have like 
serious stakes and you're and these movies are mostly supported by their adult fans more so than children i think um the children reacted rather positively to this film but because they were laughing at things like modok modok is by the way so badly realized in this film it's like okay marvel's not gonna live this down people are gonna hate on this it looks like spy kids 3 like the george lopez character in that film literally looks like modok here it's terrible when your special effects are are basically can be equated to that film special effects and that film special effects are horrible horrendous right and so i'll say this ant-man and the wasp quantumania it's totally inconsistent because it makes too many jokes and the characters are honestly like you know they're just making too many jokes and it's like why why like why do you have to make this joke and kang is actually like a real serious threat it undermines him it also undermines the fact that he's even the villain of this film why is he the villain why because like ant-man should not be that like able to put him down you know like the fact is if you're going to establish this character as your main villain of an entire saga and not just one movie, but multiple movies, you can't have him lose or have him be in this position that is like, I'm not going to say lose because I don't want to spoil the movie whether or not. I'm saying that you can't have him essentially like the way they do King in this film, they can't have him that way because then it undermines how powerful he is. And the post credit scenes, you know, the second one especially I think is really good and the first one i am excited about the possibilities the post credit scenes and jonathan majors and the performances are reasons to see this movie because they do try to save the script and the script is inconsistent tone wise but when it does get things right it does get some things right it does you know i think that there is something there about you know scott lang trying to you know live his life and publishing a memoir that stuff is funny like i i also think that the scenes between michelle pfeiffer's character janet and jonathan major's character kang those are excellent scenes those are quality scenes because you see how dangerous his character is but you also really get a real sense of who he is like the complications behind kang he's just not he's evil but you understand his evil in those scenes and then the rest of the film focuses too much on these like rebellion these quantum rebellion that it's like it takes up too much space in a film that already has too many characters you either have to focus on the lang family or you quite frankly focus on this quantum rebellion who do you want to focus on you can't do both because the quantum rebellion almost comes across like the rise of skywalker finale like in the rise of skywalker they have that finale where all everybody shows up and it's like everybody showed up to fight the villains and it's like yeah they did they almost do something similar here and it's like please don't rip off that movie let's not rip off these movies but i think that again majors and pfeiffer make this movie watchable so i'm i'm leaning towards a three star movie because i did enjoy most of it because of them and you know what paul rudd is great as ant man i am not going to put him down but again he is given nothing to really like do as much you know like i wish he was given more uh, like i wish 
there would be more scenes like his scenes with Kang in which Paul Rudd's able to show off his acting chops. Like his face when he sees Kang, it's like, okay, Paul Rudd, like you really are a great actor. And he is a great comedian and he is brilliant. Evangeline Lily, I think, does a good job with what she's given, but they need to do more with her character. And Bill Murray's in this movie too. And I gotta say, I actually was, I kind of like Bill Murray in the movie as his performance. Granted, there's real life controversy, not gonna touch that, but it was a good performance for what it was. And let's just say, Modoc, no. And Michael Douglas is actually pretty fun in this movie too. So there are fun qualities about it, and that there's a controversy about the actress who plays Cassie Lang, Emma Furman, who played her in Endgame, was replaced by Catherine Newton. And I'll say this: Catherine Newton's performance, take it or leave it. You know, it's good, but I think Emma Furman would have been fine either way. I think this is a case of like they chose an actress because they thought she was a better actress, but in my theory, they probably just thought she was a prettier actress, and it's like. No, she's take it or leave it. It's fine. They're they would have both had the same performance. But overall, what is there some is this an uh, what is this step? I was gonna say I'm glad that Marvel's taking its time to reevaluate its slate because this film has a bad Rotten Tomato score, and it's not doing so well. So. I'm going to say this. It's a two and a half star movie for me. I decided two and a half stars. It's honestly like it stumbles. It has a lot of great things in it, but it's definitely stumbling. And I, and I wish it took itself more seriously. And I think Jonathan Majors and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, these two really are the reason to go see this movie. Peyton Reed, I think, needs to not direct as many of these movies because I don't think he really knows the material as well as he does. Maybe Edgar Wright was right after all. And he and he, he was the one who chose Paul Rudd. So who knows? Who knows? You know, and I don't want to think about the possibilities and the end credit scene shouldn't always overshadow the movie. But it does again. <laughs>